Welcome back to the Associates Podcast. Glad to have you listening in again. In today's episode, you will hear a conversation I had with Jesse Biritz, the founder, president, and CEO of Central Penn Insurance Partners here in Central PA. There is a ton of value to extract from this episode, so make sure you give it a listen on repeat. But one of the really great questions in this conversation I'd like to hear uh, your answers for is, does what you're doing make you happy? If it doesn't, maybe it's time to do some introspection. Drop me a note in the comments or leave me a message in the inbox with some of your answers. I would love to continue this conversation with you. Check out our conversation now. I'm so happy about it. Oh, that's great. Well, let's jump into it then. So, you know, tell tell listeners about Jesse Buritz and, uh, you know, where you've been, whatever, however you want to preface, uh, intro yourself, and then we'll get into some parts of that story because I'm interested. <laughs> appreciate that, man. Thank you. So, yeah. Um, so, I'm not from the area. I'm from Chicago. My dad was in the Navy and uh, grew up all over the country, settled here. I was a freshman in high school. Um, uh, my first career was a diesel mechanic. I worked on Ford trucks, um, one of two diesel techs in the shop I worked at. Um, long story short, I, uh, I was always looking for something else to do. I had gotten my license to sell life insurance on the side, so I was doing that part-time for a while. Got into a snowboarding accident and went out on disability from the truck shop. And when it was time for me to go back to work, I was offered a full-time job. And that's how my insurance career started, and that was 13 years ago. Um, we'll talk about this a little bit more. I think while I was reading through some of your questions and taking some notes, and I think a big thing that a catalyst in my mentality that set me up for a lot of things that have happened is I try to operate from a place of what's the worst that can happen. Right. And anytime Mm -hmm. an opportunity arises, you know, I'll say we can, we can even unpack this with, with your, your concept about a brokerage. What's the worst that can happen? Right. Truly the worst thing that could happen. You could go bankrupt. And who cares? The family's healthy, right. you know, everybody's safe. Like you can always start over. So yeah. I've always tried to operate from that place. Like in the grand scheme of things, how truly important is this? Like my son is healthy. We've got a roof, you know, I can go work at McDonald's. It doesn't, you know what I mean? Right. So yeah, that's allowed me to make things like people are always like, why would you jump from being a mechanic, which I was good at being a mechanic to doing something that you had no idea about it. That was on a commission draw, you know, that had no guarantees. That's <clears throat> got. So, yeah. Are you familiar with uh, Gary Vaynerchuk? I love Gary. Gary V. I'm- you sounded like Gary V. Right now. What's the <laughs> worst thing that could happen? Gary V. Says that all the time. You could die. Like <laughs> that's right. the thing. You're not dead. Be grateful. Move forward. You know, take steps. That's great. So I read this book called the subtle art of not giving a fuck. Yeah. Which really helped me put that in perspective. Like, why do we give so many F's or concerns to these little trivial things? Right. Like we make fear up in our mind. Right. So, yeah. yeah. I love that. I love yeah. that. But Gary, so I'm really quick on the Gary V thing for realtors too. He was doing this thing called agent 2021 and it yeah. was a conference. Yeah. He hasn't done it since I started the company in 2019, but it was for real estate professionals, insurance professionals and mortgage professionals. And they rented out the Marlins Stadium in Miami, and he, it was a Gary V conference. Yeah, um, it was amazing. It was it was it was in the transition when I was starting this company, and it was a great thing for me to go see. And uh, before I started, what was your takeaway from that event? A lot of what we're going to talk about today. Awesome. No question. Um, a lot of the a lot of the <clears> answers, <throat> questions you have in here, some of the answers were formulated by the speakers from that event for sure. Awesome. I love it. 
talk to me a little bit. This is one of my things that I like to touch on because it's part of my a big part of my story is you just mentioned about how <clears throat> some people were kind of like, well, why are you going to go from you know being a diesel mechanic to something you have no idea about that's commission, right? So there's this perce- this perception I think that a lot of people have out there that uh, if I'm working for a company and drawing a salary, there's stability in that. Mm. I personally I think it's a myth. Talk on that piece. So I think there's so I think there's stability. I, I don't think that's a myth. I think the myth is, or maybe the lie, if you will, is that we don't ever look at the other side of that coin. So yeah, there's stability in the paycheck, but there's a sacrifice in every decision we make. And a lot the sad part when we're not living an intentional life is we're not aware of what we're sacrificing until and that's where you hear about like I think you just posted this. It was like in 20 years, you're not going to regret the things you did. You're going to regret the things you didn't do. That's if there's a myth around the stability, that's the myth. That's the other side of that coin is what you're sacrificing is your dream. And that's why, you know, I have, I I made these for the company. Let's talk about your dream. Love it. If we're not talking about it, man, you're going to gladly give somebody 40 hours a week of your time for the myth of stability and not even be conscious of what you're sacrificing. Love that. For those of you, obviously nobody can see this, but you've got this hoodie on that says, let's talk oh, about yeah. your dream. Yeah, I wasn't sure if you are recording the video, but yeah, it says, yeah, yeah let's talk about your dream. Um, and I, so that concept, and we're going to get into this with mission and vision as well, but that concept, it rings so true for me in so many levels. Like our vision is to protect what's important to you in this insurance world, right? Yeah. yeah. You don't, if I said to you, John, what's important to you? You're going to give me tangible things. Yeah. You know, you're not going to go deeper because I'm not helping you go deeper. So if I rephrase that question and I'm like, John, talk to me about your dream without asking you what's important to you. You're going to tell me what's important to you because your dream is going to be have a healthy, thriving family. You know, maybe talk about the brokerage and some other philanthropy things that are important to you. Um, but just rephrasing that question puts you as my client in a different mindset and yep. helps me understand what a better, how much better I can be as your insurance advisor. Yep. Yep. Love that. So uh, <clears throat> let's just move forward with this. So making a change, your story, you know, you didn't make a change only because you wanted to in your insurance business. So you were very successful with the with the insurance brokerage you were at, top producer, but some, some things kind of went sideways, unexpected things. So you talked about your mindset a little bit already. A lot of people in that situation are going to be like angry, resentful, right? How do you move forward? How do you decide instead of, oh, I'm going to go work for the competitor, how do you say, well, I'm just going to pivot and I'm going to do this thing on my own? Sacrifice, right? What are we sacrificing? In any decision we make, what is the other side? I always look at that. So really quick about the story, I'll tell you. So we said this before we started. was um, If you asked me, I I would have told you 100% five years ago what my next 10 years looked like. And now that I'm living them, it looks nothing like that. You know, I could not have painted this picture whatsoever. and to, uh, to truly unpack like the mentality and the mindset and the ego and the insecurity and all the stuff that goes behind the, the decision making that we as men and individuals make, there's a lot there. But the cliff notes was <clears throat> in 2018, um, after 12 years of service and after what had been um, agreed verbally. Um, that I would be the transition and the perpetuation plan for that last brokerage. 
Um, so we talk about like a sense of security, right? Sense of stability. I yep. was trading all of that time for a paycheck and yep. someone was telling me the whole time, like this will be yours one day. Um, October of 18, I was fired. Um, out of nowhere, man. Like I just ran for man of the year. We just got 40 under 40. We just built three houses for the homeless with Habitat. Like we just did all these amazing things that yeah. I never would have been able to do at any other time in my life. Yeah. And then I got fired. And the the explanation was even the, was even uh, to add insult to injury. You know, the the explanation was, um, I just think uh, we need to go separate ways. And I'm like, I just sold my my significantly larger house to downsize so that I could raise some personal capital to invest in the company, all of which the company knew I was doing. Um, so I had, I'd moved into the smaller downsized house three weeks later. I was fired. That's um, unbelievable. Talk about pulling the rug. Yeah. Right. What the F man. <laughs> so I'll tell you, so in that moment and, um, so if we focus on what we can control, and we always try to operate from a place of integrity and the, the man that we want to be, which is hard. Um, I think it makes our decision making a lot more clear. So I'll tell you truthfully, and I'll be vulnerable. Um, in that meeting, I was to I'm just explaining all this because to say I was shocked isn't doesn't do it justice, right? Yeah. My my team was crying. Right. Like that I was leaving, like the love that was there. It was my life. You know, yeah. I wrapped my identity up into that agency. Like yeah. that's who Jesse was, even yeah. though that's not the truth. And I know that now, but at that time in my life, I had invested far too much that would then was healthy. Um, so I remember sitting at that table, man, listening to his explanation knowing in my heart that it was like, there was no sense in me saying, why, 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 why is this happening to me? You know, it was, it was the decision that was made. And, um, I started to cry in front of this man. And for me and my story, that's a very, very vulnerable place for me to be. Right. Jesse Biretz doesn't cry. And it's, and it's not that I, it's not that I have, um, I think it's a healthy thing. But for me and my story is from my childhood wounds and all those, <clears throat> it's just a very hard place for me to get. Right. Um, and it's an uncomfortable place for me to get. Yep. But I know it's a healthy place for people to experience. Right. So anyways, I'm sitting there crying. Um, and I'm the worst crier, man. <laughs> like <laughs> sloppy? <laughs> it's so bad. Like I can't speak. Because my body's like, what is this? What's happening? Right. <laughs> it's so bad. And I'm this 6'5 gorilla, man. Right. So he cries weird. <laughs> so, um, and don't get me wrong. I'd spent the last 12 years with this man. Yeah. And, you know, I was his first hire. And then we had built that company from me and him to two offices from $1 million to $6 million, one office, me and him to two offices and a team of eight. Like we had built it all together. Um, and I just said to him, and I think that this, if, if we can all operate from this place, I think we'll all be happier with the men and individuals we are. I just said to him, I was like, listen, man, I have to respect the decision you're making. And I want you to understand that I'm crying right now, but I'm crying because this relationship is over, not because I'm upset. Um, I'm crying because <clears throat> the relationship's over and not because I'm worried about my future. 
Um, and at the end of that thing, man, the guy said to me, and this tells me so much that, uh, that we're doing the right things. He said to me, he's like, I cannot believe the man you are right now in this, in this situation. Mm -hmm. So it's so much healthier and so much less distracting to leave a situation like that than it would be for me to throw the burden of frustration and anger and hatred and resentment on my shoulder and let that bury me. Um, so that's, that, that was, that was leading up to your next question. I don't want to jump ahead, but you can, that's, that's totally fine. Roll with it. So I always say like, I'm a, I'm a man of action. I don't do well sitting in anything. Like if we go on vacation, you might get me to sit at the beach for a couple hours if I have a cigar. Otherwise I got to do something. (laughs) Um, so the irony in all of that happening is I had met with my banker so similar to some stuff you're doing, man. Like I, we talked about this over coffee. I had met with my banker a week before that and just shot him a hypothetical because I wasn't happy where I was. Yeah. Right. I just said, hypothetically speaking, I started from scratch. Would you guys give me capital to do that? Like we had this conversation over, over coffee. Yeah. And ironically, I get fired the next week and I call him and I'm like, Hey man, Remember that hypothetical situation? Uh, we need to pull the trigger on that. Now. And he was like, shut up. There's no way that happened, right? No one could believe that I got fired. So wow. I, li- I left the office. I didn't unpack. I said my goodbyes. I drove directly to the cigar shop, and I started writing a business plan. That's amazing. In my mind, and I had known this for the past 12 years, in my mind, there was never, ever going to be anything other than Jesse's agency one day, one way. Um, and when plan A doesn't work, there's plan B through C figure it out right so that's 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 the mindset that you're talking right there about rather than waiting and trying to see who else would hire me jesse biritz is a man of action i'm taking the bull by the horns and we're running with this yeah um and that's a good thing and a bad thing because um I tend to speak first and think later, right? Right, right? So I get myself in trouble sometimes with that. So it's not all good. But in this moment, it's definitely served me well. Yeah. Um, that's not to say I wasn't – there was a moment of distraction. There was a moment of insecurity where I thought, shit, there are moments of insecurity where I think, what am I doing? Right. You know what I mean? Like, who do you think you are? Uh, right. Pull this, this, this craziness off. So – um, but yeah, I, I left there and I just started writing a business plan, man. I started calling people I trust. I called entrepreneurs that had done it before. Um, I filed for unemployment and I spent the, the next, so it was October that I got fired and we launched the middle of February. That's unbelievable. That's quick. It was so the crazy thing is my business plan had us launching by January 1st. And I, was, <laughs> <laughs> I, was so, I didn't know. Like, I don't know what I don't know. Right. So, so naive. How hard could it be? <laughs> I know, right? How hard? I'll just work a hundred hours a week. We'll get this done. Yeah. So, um, yeah, awesome. uh, started writing the business plan and piecing things together, and it was um, it was difficult because what I found, and some of these questions in here uh, hopefully resonate with other entrepreneurs or people that want to start, is there's no blueprint like that I have found. Like, there's no, hey man, you have an idea? Here's step one through eighty. Yeah. You know what I mean? So. Um, the best thing that I have found is opportunities like this. I mean, I was so honored when you asked me to sit down and coffee and just talk about, you know, what I learned and what I did wrong. And, um, 
so the best advice that I that I didn't do enough of was was asking those questions. Mm-hmm. That's probably a little too arrogant when I was starting up. Yeah. So some of this is getting into that learning curve piece. Yeah. Like yeah. it, it kind of sounds like you you more or less ignored the learning curve. There's there's people like my personality tends to be I'm going to learn everything mm-hmm. and then I'm going to take action. You were kind of like I don't care about the learning curve. <laughs> I'm just going to go do this thing. I know I got to formulate a business plan and there's probably a couple other things I'm going to do and I just need to go do it. For sure. So I think, um, and I don't think there's anything wrong. I think like our person, truly our personality types complement each other, but um, maybe in a startup situation, my personality might thrive better than someone like yours right. because I do find people with a personality type and this isn't a you thing, but people, I have friends with that same personality type that fall into, inadvertently fall into this paralysis by analysis yeah like i haven't learned enough i haven't yes you have right so my philosophy with my clients with me and my life and my business is always a good plan we implement today is better than the best plan that never gets put in yep yep so let's put a good plan in play today stay flexible and move maneuver along the way yeah yeah i've gotten so much better at that paralysis by analysis piece this podcast is an example of that i was just like I don't know, let's do a podcast. Boom. It's done. I mean, from the time I had the thought like, okay, I'm going to do this to the time I've produced several episodes was a matter of two weeks, maybe. It was quick. Yeah, it was quick. I love that we said this on the phone yesterday. Like, it doesn't have to be perfect. Right. You don't have to be like in the podcast thing and waiting for the epidemic to be over. Just do it. Just do it. Get the content out there. No, you're 100% right. So um, I'm always the one. And my business plan, the last page of my business plan says that. The, I believe, my personal belief is that any successful plan has got to remain flexible. Yeah. Has to. Yeah. Things are going to change. Yeah. My life is living proof of that today. Yeah, 100%. So talk about the importance. You, you touched on your vision a little bit earlier. Mm-hmm. How important, how, how crucial is mission and vision in putting a business together, getting it off the ground? Yeah, man, you know this better than me because of your corporate background. Um, I've worked at places, specifically my last agency, that had no mission and no vision. And building and scaling with a team with no mission and no vision Mm. is like sailing without a compass, man. Mm. Like everybody is just going constantly in their own direction because there's no guiding light for all of us to follow. Yeah. So I think it is uh, mission and vision. I think a lot of times are looked at it like as those foo-foo, you know, there's no tangible ROI, you know, it's just a waste of energy and time. But the truth is, if you are anything but a sole proprietor, that and this this is I, I even think it's important for them, but if you're gonna be building a team, mission and vision is the glue that's gonna keep that yeah. team together. And not enough people see it that way. So I spent a lot of time, a lot of those first six months <clears throat> developing who we are, who I wanted to be. Um, how I wanted to differentiate between you know the, the the competition in my market. I'm an insurance man, just like you. I don't know if our business could get any more saturated. Yeah. So um, we have to have those things if we want to build a thriving culture that's gonna that's gonna last. And I'm th- I'm 34. No, 33. Um, <laughs> I'm 34 at the end of the month. Um, <laughs> So I plan on being here a long time, man, and I plan on impacting people's lives, and I can't do that without mission and vision. Preach it, man. Preach it. I love it. Talk about you touched on some some relationships there. You talked about forming a team. You had a relationship with a banker. You've you've mentioned your banker a couple times. What are some other relationships maybe that you were able to leverage 
to to you know start this thing out on your own and and continue to grow all of them <laughs> i'm not kidding like i'm not ashamed of like so i believe in impact right so i believe and this is just the core of me not the business person just who i am um it's our job to bring positivity and positive impact to people's lives and if we do that enough as humans um the ROI comes full circle on its own. Right. So when I said, um, when I started this, I had 12 years of doing the right thing is always the right thing. Always. And in business, there's nothing that's, there's nothing that tempts that more than business Mm -hmm. because the truth is your competition doesn't follow that rule. Wow. Um, and there have been so many examples of times that I can tell you where I've lost deals, I've lost clients, yeah. I've lost opportunities because another business owner was willing to do something that I personally wasn't. So, and that's a tough pill to swallow. I'll, I'll, even, I'll, give, you a, I'll give you a perfect example um, of, of starting up, right? So I'm startup, pre-revenue, no income, and there's this amazing, I'm going to give her a plug actually. Because she's amazing. Um, my friend Christy Hoover bought um, Higashi Jewelers. Um, it's now Christy Concept Jewelry. And she's incredible. And I think everybody should go uh, support her. Awesome. She's over at the Show Farmer's Market. Sweet. So her and her husband, Joe, are amazing friends. And they've been so supportive of me um, through this process. <clears throat> and when she was buying Higashi, Joe and Christy called me just to kind of pick my brain about things because she came from a corporate background at Victoria's Secret. So she worked at corporate headquarters with them and Joe works at Johnson & Johnson. So they're really corporate driven. So when it comes to the implementation of business, they're just not – the nuts and bolts of it aren't all there. So we were talking about insurance and some things that she should be concerned about and maybe look at. Um, and I told her like you're about to settle on this deal in three weeks don't worry about do, getting your insurance with me. Get it with that guy, but let me just give you the blueprint of things to look for, right? And she was like, no, I want you to be my guy. So I said, okay. appreciate that. I need the business. Right. right? <laughs> so I take all of her information. I sent it out to our markets. And we came back with a proposal. So I remember I'm sitting in the West Shore Farmers Market <clears throat> with her current proposal and the one I worked up for her. Mine is like, I don't know, $4,000 cheaper, Right. There's one coverage that mine's missing that I feel is so important for her business. And that coverage was um, coverage for property in uh, other people's property in her care, custody, and control. Mm. So your wife takes her wedding band into yep. her, right? Yeah. I said, Christy, if this was my business, I'm going to take this guy that's not me. Um, and she was like, well, I just want you to be my agent. <laughs> she's like no but i want you to be my agent and i was like chrissy that means everything to me but that's not the best thing for you and in that moment man like that that commission on that deal was my rent yeah for that month you know mm-hmm. what i mean mm-hmm. um and i know there are so many people in business that would have fully taken advantage of her ignorance to coverage yeah so um i believe doing the right thing is always the right thing yeah and Doing that for 12 years, the outpouring of support that we experienced starting scratch, starting over was, don't even know how to articulate how blessed we were. Yeah. So, I love that. I love that. That's a great story. Um, 
Can you talk about man? And like I said, when people test you, like you're gonna lose that deal because the other guy's gonna lie. Yeah. You know what I mean? But but staying true to your character right. and your integrity is is everything. People doing, see that. Doing the right thing is always the right thing. hundred percent. I'm with you. I believe that hundred percent. Um talk about some of your biggest challenges that you face getting into business or are currently facing. What are you doing to overcome those things or what have you done? Dude, everything's a challenge. <laughs> I mean, I was just saying, like, <laughs> if it comes easy, I don't trust it. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. This season, like, it's all been so hard. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm, I was telling you before, I'm negotiating this acquisition, and um, there's an insane amount of money that I got to find. And, you know, the guy that that is selling, I, I'm really excited to work with. He's really excited to work with me. But he's third generation business mm. owner. Mm-hmm. So the first, the first, the first source of money we knew was a long shot um, and it fell through. And when that happens to me, I'm like, all right, I've already got plan B through L ready. Right. You know? Because <laughs> I have to right now. Like, and for him, he's like, I don't understand. What do you mean plan A is not working? And I'm like, dude, this is, this is, it's okay that plan A is not working, yeah. you know? Um, beauty's on the other side of struggle, man. We can't expect things to to just fall on our laps. So everything is a struggle. I, I found, you know, doing everything on my own, that was harder than I expected it to be. Um, I tend to be someone that easily overcrowds my plate. Um, and I manage, I manage stress well. It's been a learned habit or learned trait. But now I'm finding like, man, I'm at a new level. I'm at a new capacity. So my stress isn't managed as well as it usually usually is. Um, So I think that maybe a better question, if you will, or maybe things I could have done to mitigate the struggles. Does that make sense? Yep. Because if I look back, there's definitely some things I could have done that would have uh, resulted in better, had better results and and less, um, less pain. And one of those things is I got in the beginning way too deep on process systems Hmm. um so when you're pre-revenue what's the main what do you need to focus on now you got to get customers you got to get leads revenue yeah you got it it's so obvious right but like when i was building i spent six months building the company that when we launched i was still in building mode yeah you know so i was still like trying to build a company that felt like it was 10 years old yeah with its um with it with its infrastructure technology systems and processes which is good but when you're pre-revenue that doesn't pay the bills man. right yep so it took me maybe three months into our launch to realize i was investing way too much time there because those things i was doing weren't going to pay off until yep. we had a customer base or until we had employees. Like, what am I building systems for? I don't even have any employees. <laughs> <laughs> so, Just in case one day <laughs> I need it. Who's going to use this beautiful system you build, asshole? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, it's 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 so easy because you're like, you feel good about it, right? So you're saying, right. like, look at all the things I'm doing. like, And you are doing things. Yep. And you sit down with your accountant and she was like, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, look at all this stuff. Like I did all these things. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So 
that would have been I w- that was one thing for sure I learned the hard way, and it's a time management thing. Like yeah. how do you how do you effectively manage your time when you have to do everything? Right? How did you how did you market yourself? What was an effective way to start uh, gaining revenue? I'd start getting that revenue. What what did you do? Yeah. So um, when we we first launched. It was a lot of social media, a lot of phone calls, um, and the goal was to to tap that that market of of um, influencers that I've built over the past twelve years to just let them know we're here. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so we spent the first couple months doing that, just pounding social media, hitting the phones. Um, I've been, I always have been a huge network marketer and I just had a phone call conversation with my MSP uh, provider yesterday about the pandemic we're in today you've taken network marketing out from underneath of me yep you know what I mean and that was my I almost had like all my eggs in that basket I hadn't I had not really diversified marketing in my career so now I'm looking at it like how do we continue to thrive when Jesse isn't able to go shake a hand and share energy and you know, leverage his charisma or, or whatever the things that are that right. allow me to be good at networking. So um, I did a lot of that when I could starting out, just continued hitting events and um, it paid off. It was just a ton, a ton, a ton of work. And I think a question on here that I, that you have, I don't know if we got to it yet, but speaking to that, you asked me um, what's the difference between people that make it and people that don't. Absolutely. And it's work, man. That's it. <clears throat> I think it's like I've went through a lot of these in my season of growth, my seasons of growth. And it's like the lies we'll tell ourselves are I was born with the wrong last name. I don't have an MBA. I didn't go to college. Yep. You know, like those are the lies that we tell ourselves because we look around and we're like, oh, man, like that guy's got dad's company and that guy went to Villanova. And, yep. you know, OK, that guy that just got dad's company is going to go bankrupt next year, you know. <laughs> And I'm not saying that rude, but like, look at the statistics of second and third generation owned businesses. Um, It's easy to look at the grass and say it's greener over there. The reason those second and third generation businesses fail is because they stop working. Right. Um, They have. So for those people to have everything at their fingertips, the question I say is, why did it fail? Mm. They had everything. They had Mm. all the advantages perceptually, right? Why did they fail? They stopped working. You know, they, they, they weren't flexible. That's the two big things is they didn't remain flexible because the way we've always done it is the way we're going to do it. That'll kill your company. Yep. And 40 hours a week doesn't cut it. Yep. So the biggest difference is the people that from success is the ones that don't stop. Like yep. I could have stopped trying to buy this company when the first two sources of revenue or, or money said no. Yep. Right. I could stop. Yep. I'm not going to until I buy it. Yep. So that's, that's how it's going to end, one way or another. Yeah. Buy that. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> so, I, and I love that that what you just said. I'm not sure you realize you said it, but you, you said 40 hours a week just doesn't cut it. And I, I just had a very similar theme come up on a an episode I just recorded with somebody, and I wish I could remember who it was. But anyway, uh, entrepreneurship and being a business owner. I mean, you got to embrace the lifestyle, and you're 100 percent right. Uh, it, it's work. It's work. People get into entrepreneurship. You know, I think one of the questions I've asked is, why is entrepreneurship so, so trendy? Mm. Right? Because people think, well, I can sit on a beach and sip a margarita while I'm raking in money. Listen, man, that's what the internet's selling you. 
Yeah, maybe one day. That's how I look at that. Like maybe, hopefully, one day. I don't know. Yeah. Like that's not my guiding compass. Like no. if that's your guiding compass, you you shouldn't do this. Yep. Yep. You know, it's got to be, um, and I'll be, I mean, I don't know if this is appropriate for this, but like, I'll even be transparent about my personal relationship. You know, this lifestyle that I have chosen is part of the reason, a large part of the reason why my marriage didn't work out. Yeah. Yep. Um, and I think this, and I think that the truth and Gary, we talked about Gary Vee. I love what he says. If you're not happy, why are you doing it? Right. And that, in everything in life. Like if you're not happy working 80 hours a week trying to build a company, don't do it. That's stupid, man. Right. Like if you're happy putting 40 hours in, I, you know, I have, uh, I know a girl that um, she's happy working 32 hours a week as a nurse. Great. Like don't let anybody shame you that that's right. part of hours. Right. Yep. Um, so like that trend, that's, it's a scary thing. And I speak to um, a business class at hack about this too, with these young kids, because the scary thing is like, it's almost like if you're not an entrepreneur, right. Or someone's definition of entrepreneur, you're not successful or you're less than right, man, people are missing the boat in that you got to do what makes you happy. And this lifestyle did not make my ex-wife happy. You know, <clears throat> the insatiable desire to grow personally, spiritually, professionally, the, the, you know, my, my desire to consume information at a rate that is annoying to some people, you know, <laughs> you know, whether I'm listening to, I'm, I'm always listening to a book, reading and reading a book at the same time. Yeah. Um, I'm always, I always have a podcast on retainer. Um, so it's gotta be a lifestyle thing, man. Yeah. We'll touch on that a little bit in terms of those interpersonal relationships. Um, I appreciate you sharing that. It's hundred percent appropriate for this. Okay. Uh, but talk on that fatherhood piece, you know, we talked earlier about, you know, you, you've got an area there for, for your son Lucas in the office and how do you balance all of that work uh, yeah. that you're happy doing, by the way, that's part of the message is, well, one, you're probably not 40 hours a week, isn't going to cut it. But two, I'm happy doing it as an entrepreneur. That's, it's just part of the entrepreneur, the way that we're made up. Yeah. And then how do you balance all of that work with family? I mean, I bring them in. So when I was starting the company, I was like, I knew I always, I've always worked this hard cause I like it. Right. Even when it wasn't my company, which also added to the pain of being fired because yeah. I treated it like it was my baby. Yep. Um, so I like it working that much and I knew that that wasn't going to change in who I am. So, you know, I was at the time I had like a one and a half year old, two year old, you know, how am I going to be able to fill both buckets? Because Jesse's got to be full right. in order to make the company thrive. And Jesse's got to be full in order to love his son the way his son deserves to be loved. So how do we do both of those things? So I made him a part of it. I made Lucas a cornerstone in the company. Like he had in his office. So we created, we even created a blog called Lucas's Insurance Corner. Nice. And it was born with Lucas's Corner. I'm looking at it right now. And we write articles about insurance topics through the eyes of a two-year-old. So we, I, I write it up and it sounds like a kid is talking, but it, it, it gets the point of coverage and safety and things that, that are in our risk management nature in a layman term and in a cute term. Right. Um, yep. So I make a part of it. Yesterday we served lunch to mid pen and thanks for keeping businesses alive. He was there. That's I just awesome. bring it. Um, I sit on countless boards and if I have a board meeting, he comes. And, um, he's a, like, I think it also people are always like, man, he's three. How's he so well behaved? I'm like, he's my partner in crime, man. He's my dude. Yeah. We just go. Um, and he loves it. Like you, when you talk to him, he's like, 
he knows about going to the office. You know, he knows what we do about going to the office. He knows about service and ser- service now. Um, next week we're taking bags to the homeless and he, it's my dad week. So he's going to do it with us. Like so much in business that I think, um, and he has, then I think for our example, he has his mom's side too, which is a very like beautiful, typical picket fence life. You know, she works her nine to five and then the rest of the time is like friends and family yep. and playtime. And so he gets that piece too. Um, so it's a really good balance, I think. But to answer your question, it didn't have to, it doesn't have to be an either or thing in my opinion. Yeah. It's a, this is a, this is how daddy lives his life and daddy loves his life and he loves you. So I want you to be part of it. That's awesome. I love that. That's great. And I hope one day, you know, who knows, right? We all screw up as parents. So we'll find out one day if I did it right. I don't know. <laughs> There's no manual for it, unfortunately. But I will say, like, I try to lead my live my life intentionally. And I try to parent intentionally and not from an emotional standpoint. So, like, yeah, there are times when I'm just like, dude, shut up. Yeah. yeah. But then I remember he's three. Yeah. So it's time to talk to him at three and, like, address him like he's three and, and give power to what he's concerned about as a three-year-old. Um, and I think in leading teams, we make that misconception all the time. So we as entrepreneurs and business owners and startups, we are inherently able to deal with more on our plate than a lot of other people. Yep. So that's the blessing, right? But the ego around that is because I can deal with a plate two times as full as yours, you should be able to do the same thing. So we get testy and we get short and we get frustrated. In reality, the stress they're feeling with maybe a half full plate is the same stress you're feeling with a full plate. Right. So it's not fair for us to project some sense of better than on our team members, the people that we lead, the people we love and our kids. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's awesome. Um, This isn't, this wasn't really my list of questions for you, but uh, you are a person who's very uh, comfortable with, uh, confident in, and you know who you are, your identity. Uh, what would you say? I, th- I think the generation coming up behind us, uh, they have a lot of challenges to face. And part of that is uh, just this ambiguity with identity. Um, yeah. wh- can you speak to that at all? Like, uh, how are you able to just be so firm in? This is Jesse, like it or leave it. It is what it is. You know. First thing I'll say, man, is it's a journey. We got to start looking at our life as a journey and not a destination. And I think when we have a destination mindset, that's where shame is bred. Um, because we, if we think about it in things in terms of I should be here or I'm not there yet. Yeah. We immediately start shaming ourselves and the talk of self-deprecation comes in and now we're feeding our body this negative energy like we should be better than we are. And I think that's where a lot of identity crisis come from because what you're feeding yourself in that moment is not a you thing. I say this to kids at Hack all the time. This one girl asked me, like, how do you deal with – I forget how she worded it. She's like, how do you deal with the pain – she was an art the pain of seeing someone else's art and them being better than you. Mm. And I was like, Whoa, let's be real clear about something. Mm. Their art might be better than yours, but they are not better than you. Yeah. Like you got to talk to yourself differently, man. Yeah. Like people might be better at selling insurance than me. Right. 
but they're not better than Jesse. Right. So like we got to learn to separate what we do yeah. from who we are and love them individually and, and nurture them individually. Like at the end of the day, going back to that worst case scenario, you take my company, you take my house, you take my car, you take the hoodie on my back. Jesse is still the same guy. Right. Jesse's still the guy that's going to show up and love upon people and support people yeah. and live that life of impact. And that's who I love. Um, and getting people to understand that is a complete shift, a yeah. mind shift. Man. Yeah. That's huge, especially with, you know, it's a challenge for me as a 39-year-old playing that comparison game. You touched on that a little bit. Well, because they're always, all of us, we're always looking at, well, what's the next guy doing? And, and especially with social media, I mean, sure. who's not on social media? They're seeing things and everybody's presenting their best life, Got you it. know, when it's not maybe the reality behind the scenes. But that's what we're comparing uh, ourselves to. It's all good, man. <laughs> I'm, I'm getting dings all the time. Oh, my emails keep coming in, but it's all good. So that comparison game is, is a slippery slope. And, and I think it's, so comparison's healthy. Like, sure. I love looking at, um, comparison's healthy right up until when you start shaming yourself over something. Right. So I love looking at people that are better than me. If you're not better than me, I don't want you at my table. Yeah. Truthfully. Like if you're not better than me, and that's a selfish thing to say, but when I look at my table of people that I've built to surround me, they all are better than me in certain areas of life. Yeah. And maybe in the way they lead their business, maybe in the way that they interact with their family. It doesn't matter, right? Their relationship with work-life balance. Um, so I know that like there's different pieces of me that I'm working on constantly. But at the end of the day, like the things I do is not who I am. And I can, this company can fail tomorrow. I hope it doesn't. But if it does, right. um, that's not going to be the the cloak that shrouds me. Right. You know yeah. what I mean? Because that's not who I am. That's something that happened to me. Yeah. But, um, and it's a, so it's a journey. I'll just say that. Man. It's, I've not always thought this. Like, yeah. this has been a long journey of self-development and discovery and humility, like, copious amounts of humble pie man yeah. like so much <laughs> i need more like i need so much more <laughs> like that's my my personality traits downside is man i'm naturally i naturally lean towards arrogance and ego yeah uh, i gotta constantly put put that away check that yeah you, got it, man. you mentioned earlier uh, you serve on a number of boards can you talk about uh, those positions and how you're giving back to the community and how important that is to you. Yeah. So some of them are truly, truly give back. And I, and I think if we don't address this as business owners, we're lying to ourselves. There are some that we do for real give back and there are some we do for, you know, ROI. Yep. Um, so for me, the one, the couple, sorry, that are real give backs to me are on the executive treasurer for Habitat for Humanity. Um, long time ago, I realized the need for housing. I do it every day, right? People are buying, you do it too, right? We, yep. People are buying houses every day. Um, and until I really started to understand what the poverty rate was and what food deserts were and 
it's right in our backyard. It just didn't start resonating with me. So Habitat is a place that that's a true give back for me and my heart. And it's part of our mission as we grow this company. Um, 10% of our um, net profits go to Habitat for Humanity in the greater Harrisburg area. Um, and we don't advertise that. Like that's just something that like means a lot to me. Yeah. Um, and then the other one that I'm focused on right now is Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. So I'm on the executive leadership team there. Um, and that's truly just another give back. And the quick story on that one was we had a client that we lost to leukemia in 2017. And then we didn't know what to do to support them. Like he just was gone like that. And he had this beautiful wife and daughter and son left behind. So uh, ironically, I was referred to Leukemia and Lymphoma Society and I ran for the man of the year campaign and we raised 70 grand in nine weeks in that guy's name. And it was, wow. it was such a beautiful thing. So awesome. I still support them. But um, on the other end, some of the things I do professionally that have helped, um, I sit on the uh, advisory board for Mid Penn Bank. Um, I sit on the uh, Dauphin County Land Bank Authority. Um, I sit on the Dauphin County Redevelopment Authority. Um, I sit on the board for the Greater Harrisburg Association of Realtors Commercial Council. Um, I am missing some. I'm, I apologize. I had two, two of them this week. Um, <laughs> they're going to contact you after this, Jesse, and be like, I know, dude, <laughs> uh, I hate this. So, there's oh, um, we have a, um, a business roundtable board which is built on, um, built around building strategy for, for businesses and support for businesses. Um, I have a, a group of guys that we've created called a, it's a, it's a precursor to a Vistage. If you've heard about that, I don't think I have. So Vistage is like, successful business owners get together and they talk about legacy, right? And they talk about philanthropy and they talk about scaling and acquisitions and mergers and stuff. And it's, it's, it's typically geared, it's expensive and it's geared for successful entrepreneurs and business owners. Well, we wanted something for your, for people in their thirties that are building. So we built the legacy group, which is for young entrepreneurs that are in that building phase to support uh, other entrepreneurs. Um, So, I think, oh, I think that's it. I don't really know, but <laughs> that's cool. Um, Love that. I don't like, I don't like the resume thing, but, um, my point, in all of it though, is everything I'm a, I'm a part of plays a role in what I want to accomplish. So the Dauphin County thing came up because I want to be more aware of what's going on in our community. Yeah. I have, if I can have a say, I want to be in, I want to be able to solve problems. I want to be able to, you know, leverage those contacts for the good of others. So, um, the bank has been instrumental for our company. I mean, yeah. I don't know if we would have got our lending if I wasn't. So, right. I'll get into that, but awesome. Love it. I just joined the Harrisburg chamber. Cool. Um, I don't know. It's good to be doing, involved, man. That's great. Doing leaders in Harrisburg. That is the biggest water bottle I've ever seen in my life. This is my little one. Oh my gosh! How yeah, many ounces is that, dude? What's that? How many ounces is that? It's uh, it's one hundred and one. One hundred and one ounces. So yeah, I, obviously the listeners can't see it, but <laughs> Jesse just pulls out this jug and just yeah, you know, like nothing. I'm drinking water. Now I'm trying to drink a gallon. So the, my my big focus this year, especially through this pandemic, is um, and this is a 
you know, an energy thing, a personality thing, a mindset thing is, is it's easy for me being so extroverted to get really depressed in this season Yeah, because I live by myself when I don't have my son, I work by myself. Yep. I'm so extremely extroverted. People give me so much energy. Um, so it's easy for me to really fall into this funk. So I'm focusing all of my, all of my excess energy on health and yeah. eating my body so that I can kind of combat those feelings as best as I can. Yeah. Um, but it's a journey, man. There's always something to work yeah. on. You know, and giving yourself grace is so important. Yeah. Do you have any big scary goals that you're willing to share for the future? World domination, bro. <laughs> Taking over the world. Love it. Um, I'm not kidding. Um, so like big scary goals. Like if I could quant I think like I was, I, this was cool when I did this Gary B conference and um, I met this guy down there and I, and uh, I'll just tell you his story quick. And it was, it blows my mind to this day. So there was a bunch of panels when we were down there and it was really cool. So all small breakout panels. And this one panel was talking about growth and scaling. And this one guy was, he had a, he had an agency in, in Miami, Florida, and he's telling his story. He's been in business for three years. Right. I'm like, shit, maybe in three years and you're already like speaking at a Gary Vee conference. How's this happen? So he's telling his story. And I'm sitting in the audience and he's second generation. And when I hear, I used to, when I hear that, it used to turn me off because I used to be so frustrated that I didn't come from that. You know right. what I mean? But, um, so he grew his company. This is crazy. Organic growth, no acquisitions, organic growth from scratch, from $0 to $50 million in three years, Jeez. three years. Uh, I mean, when you look at our industry from a revenue standpoint, that means his company is making over $5 million in, in revenue a year in a three-year standpoint. Dude, like, it's unfathomable how that's possible. Right. So I had an opportunity to, to talk to the guy. Like, I never dreamed of that number before I heard that. Yeah. Like, before that, my ultimate dream from when I retire was to have a $20 million agency. When I retire, yeah. this guy, 50 in three years. Yeah. You know what I mean, I was like, whoa, what am I doing? Like, yeah. I was talking to him afterwards and I said to him, I blessed enough to talk to him. Um, he was being interviewed by everybody. And uh, the most gracious, humble guy I've ever met. And he was like, I said, listen, man, I'm watching my company. And how? How? It doesn't make sense to me, you know? Um, and I, I asked him, I say this all the time. People at my table will always hear me. I'm going to check myself and I want you to check me. Am I lying to myself? Because the easiest person to lie to is ourselves. Yep. So I said, am I lying to myself when I say that I can't experience that level of success because I'm from small town, central PA, and you're in Miami? He said, you are lying to yourself and you need to surround yourself with different people. Um, he was like, yeah, you know, and he's right. So his average premium is $4,000 and my average premium is $800. So if you look at the volume of business I've done up here and apply it, the metrics to that market center, there's a big difference in my growth as well, but not $50 million. Right. Right. So the, the point that the biggest thing I walked away from that conference was, um, the dreams you have that are big, I don't care what it is. You're not dreaming big enough. You're not dreaming big enough. And then I'll say it again. After you dream bigger, you're not dreaming big enough. Mm. 
um, we sell ourselves on like this, especially in this market center. We sell ourselves on this, like buy a half million dollar house, be able to vacation three times a year and drive a nice car. That's the big dream. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like if that's what you want, beautiful, but understand you can have anything. Like if that's what you want, amazing, but understand you can have absolutely anything. So what I tell myself is um, just to kind of keep myself in that mindset is I want jet success. Like an unfathomable number. What's it cost to have a jet? Crazy money. Mm. You know what I mean? So I don't even like to have a tangible, like I need this much cash. I just want jet success. So, so when I talk about how big we're going to get, my big, scary goal is I want to be able to do absolutely anything. I want to be able to build houses for people and write a check, not care that it's 120 grand. Right. Um, and you can't do that without money. You yeah. can't. So I know it sounds selfish and I've, people have told me that before. Like that sounds so vain and that sounds so materialistic. I get it. Cause I really don't give a shit about the jet. Like, I don't know if I ever want a jet, but I want the freedom. Right. And the success that comes with the ability to do things like that. Right. Yeah. That's awesome. Bigger. Bigger. Bigger is not big enough. It's not big enough, man. And I say that because you're worth everything. As an individual, you are worth absolutely everything this world has to offer. Stop selling yourself on the short game. It's yeah. easy. Yeah. I get it. I get it. But stop selling yourself on the short yeah. game, man. Go for it. You yeah. get one shot at this life. Yeah. Love that. Love your mindset, man. I appreciate the time that you took to yeah. to talk to me today. Where does your mindset come from? What two questions? What's playing in your Beats right now, or your AirPods, or your stereo, or your car? And what are you reading? So Drake's new album. <laughs> oh. I love Drake. Um, um, but I'm listening to, uh, when I'm not listening to Drake, I'm listening to, uh, Mel Robbins, um, take control of your life. That's what's on my audible right now. Um, and I love that book because it's helping me navigate fear that I didn't even realize I had, um, and make better decisions that aren't fear-based. And then I'm reading a book called traction. That's my actual tangible book I'm reading. And that book is all about, um, building a thriving company with systems and process and accountability. Um, so in my podcast that I love my guilty, it's not a guilty pleasure. There's a podcast by Guy Raz, um, on uh, NPR called how I built this. And it is so amazing because it takes all these companies, all of us are familiar with, and you hear the backstory of how they became. And it's humbling because you, you see like you go to the grocery store and you buy a cliff bar, right? Yeah. You hear how they started in the kitchen. You hear about all the failures they oh, had. Love that. And not every single grocery store. You know, you hear Sarah Blakely's story about Spanx and how that started and how many times designers told her no. Yeah. And now she's a millionaire. Um, so I love, love, love that because it, rem it reminds us that the highlight reel. So my biggest quote that I tell everybody, Lionel Messi says this. It took me 17 years of hard work and dedication to become an overnight success. Yeah. Yep. Right. There's 17 years of struggle, baby. Like if yep. you're never going to get there unless you're willing to, to struggle and yep. fail yep. and fall. Yep. So, yeah, I love that quote too. What's, yep. what's the best book you've ever read? Ooh, it's not fair. Um, 
So from a personal lifestyle standpoint, for me as a person, um, Aubrey Marcus wrote a book called um, Own Your Day, Own Your Life. Um, and that's just about me as a human. That, that, was, that was the best book I ever read for that. From a business standpoint, um, I could break that down in so many categories. But the one that I think has had the most impact on my life um, is a book by Dr. Henry Cloud called um, The Power of the Other. Hmm. And the book explores how much influence and power other people have on our lives. And I think we tend to operate from a place of it's my life. They don't. Right. Um, and that book breaks it down that every person in your life actually fits into four corners. And if we're not intentional and conscious, we don't have enough people pushing us. Yeah. We have too many cheerleaders and not enough um, loving critics. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. Well, listen, man, plug yourself. How can people uh, get in touch with you, follow you on social media? What's the deal? Thanks, man. Yes. Yeah, so um, the, our agency is Central Penn Insurance Partners, and we are currently located in Harrisburg City on State Street right in front of the Capitol. Um, our uh, website, cpipinc.com. You can find me on Instagram. Um, I'm the insurance partner. Um, Facebook, Central Penn Insurance Partners. Um uh, we have all of them. I don't even know what the Pinterest and all that is, but um, it's all, <laughs> all on our website. Um, yeah, and honestly, man, like I said, we're all about service and value. So if anybody's listening and you got questions about this podcast, I'd love to talk about it. If you have questions about your startup idea and you just want to understand what insurance costs could look like, great. I don't care if you use me. Call me. Love to talk to you about that. Some things to look at. Um, it's all about impact and value and uh, the ROI, we play the long game in everything we do. So if I help you, you'll help the next guy. And then one day it'll come back to our agency. So, yeah. Awesome. Jesse, can't tell you how much I appreciate, man. Your mindset is, is amazing. And uh, people need to hear your story. And I think people will be inspired and motivated by what you had to say today, man. Tons of value in it. I hope I appreciate it. Let me know. Um, I'd like to. Uh... I know you will get so much value and inspiration from hearing Jesse's story and his mindset. Remember to connect with him online, on social media, or at the next networking event. I would love to connect with you as well. You can find me across social media channels. Just look me up by name, at John Bomberger on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. For some reason, it seems appropriate to leave you with a Gary Vee quote to wrap this one up. So here goes. I'm the happiest because I'm doing exactly what I want to do. See you next time.